He's sitting in a shack. What? We're back here, two-hour episode, and we're however long we feel like doing. It is March 13th, 8 in the morning, over here in the East Coast. Yesterday, I got shocked to some daylight savings. I woke up at 11.30. Oh, man. I'm jealous. What time you, did you get affected by daylight savings? Well, I, I forgot about it. I made a joke that Aaron Rodgers was going to – I realized it late, and I made a joke Aaron Rodgers is going to make his decision at 2.01 a.m. Eastern time, which didn't exist. And uh, none of my friends appreciated it, so I guess I'll go fuck myself. But, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it's 3 a.m. I had to wake up at like 7 yesterday. So For what? No matter – for golf. But no matter how old you get – no matter if you're in school, it really sucks when you're in school. No matter, no matter any situation, daylight savings will always get you. I hate well, waking up before the sun's up. I, well, daylight. I'm pretty sure this is the last daylight savings of our life. Is it really? Yeah they they voted last election to get rid of it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point. Either way, today we have a few things to talk with you guys about. We'll be talking about the Lakers and D'Angelo Russell. We're talking about the Brooklyn Nets defense, Mikhail Bridges. We're talking about the Cavaliers. Are they good in terms of the playoffs? The Philadelphia 76ers have been elite for the past month. The Thunder are looking scary. Uzman, Uzman, Jang, looking like a dog. The New York Knicks, Julius Randle's back. And let's and more. And uh, I believe a certain somebody's team is out of the playoffs and another certain somebody's team is in the playoffs as far as as, not, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. I believe the Washington Wizards are currently ranked the 12th seed in the Eastern Conference and the Chicago Bulls are currently ranked the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. I literally give it one day and that'll change. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You're just a hater. Just no, I'm a Bulls fan. I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna pick us over you as far as who I want in the playoffs. Mm. All right, so let's get right into this stuff, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But we got a few things that we definitely could converse, and that being the first thing is, let's talk both sides of this Lakers Knicks game. I watched this before bed. Actually, I stayed up watching this one. And I told. Because I kept telling myself I should go to bed because I'm trying to go to sleep early. And I was just watching this game, and I was just like, oh, damn, like, D-Lo's really – like, there was, like, two or three times where the Lakers could have won this game, taken the lead back, weren't able to do it. But this game was not – this game was definitely within reach. And in my opinion – the Lakers should have won this game. I mean, Julius Randle is going insane. But, again, I'm still arguing that this was a guy that I thought they, they put up a good fight. All right? They put up a good fight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting. I actually watched the Oscars last night. But it's – this is like a, a Knicks reoccurring theme all season is to lose your lead and then lose the game. So 
don't know, man. The Lakers were coming off a three-game winning streak. The Knicks were coming off a three-game losing streak. And if New York lost this game, that would be really bad. But they're gritty. They're grindy. They've been through a lot, not only this season, but I think for Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, getting him, it's just alleviated so much. He can just play more freely now. And the next season's been great. It really has. No, I agree. And I think the season has been great. And I I honestly thought this team was kind of floundering at first. So I thought maybe it was going to be easier for them, the Lakers, to get this dub because they the Knicks had lost the other night. And it was interesting because I'm trying to think, I'm trying to like replay this game real quickly in my head as I speak. But and there was a point in the game where it was D'Angelo. First off, the Lakers it was either a tied game or it was a two-point game at the beginning uh, or midway to the beginning of the, the fourth quarter. And then they had to sit Anthony Davis and DeAndre Russell. And they ran Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, Wayne Gabriel, I believe, Troy Brown Jr., and Rui Hachimura, I believe, was the lineup. Oh, my God. Did they just fucking put themselves in a hole? I don't know why Darvin Ham thought like D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis needed a minute break, but when he took those guys off the floor, the commentators literally said uh, they haven't been that great with Davis and D'Angelo Russell off the floor together. And then as soon as that he says that, they just go they they fucking drop the from a, being down by two or it being a tied ba- ba- basketball game to being down by ten, and they have to sub D'Lo and Davis back in. Uh, it's just. There was multiple times where Lakers either tied the game or came within striking distance and just squandered the lead immediately after. Yeah, dude, it's tough. Without LeBron James, AD's got to be no ifs, ands, or buts. He's got to be the best player out there, and it's hard to sub him out. They won enough without D'Lo, which was actually kind of refreshing. But, man, no LeBron, it's hard to sub AD out. He's so – when he's on, he's on, and – it's a tough loss for the Lakers, but they're still on the plane. And of course, you know I think it was a I think it was a bigger win for the Knicks than it was a loss for the Lakers. I think the Knicks really needed this one. It's a tough road know. trip out west. I think yeah, the Lakers needed more. Lakers could get everyone they need. You look tan, by the way. I'm super tan right now. <laughs> well, I get what you're saying. I just. I think it's all momentum here, and with Brooklyn rising, the best defense in the last five or six – might be six games now. You had six games, I believe. Absurd. Oh, no. I want. I just want LeBron James back. You're right, actually. The Lakers are now out of the playoffs thanks to the Thunder and Chaz win. But I told you. I was like, this is more important for the fucking Lakers than the Knicks. The Knicks are in the playoffs, bro. Yeah, they are in the playoffs. I don't want to play Philly. I don't know about you. I'd rather play Cleveland. Both teams are good. I just, I think no matter how oh, – man, it's so tough because you're like still two games back from the, the, the six. The Lakers are the 11 seed, and they're two games back from getting a seven-game series 100%. No playing. 
I still feel good, man. Minnesota doesn't look good. Dallas does not look good in any facet. And I'm not worried about Utah or Oklahoma City if I'm the Lakers. So, but you're right. All these games for more so the Lakers, all these games really, I mean, you want to win them, man. So, good point, yeah. And, yeah, no, I I just, look, this is a, a Lakers squad. We need every dub we can get. And this game was winnable. That's where it's upsetting to me. I was watching this. It, you know, my girlfriend's in the golf shores for spring break, so I'm I'm home alone. And in a weird way, it's nice because I'm watching a lot more basketball. Plus, I went to the rec yesterday, put an hour in. Oof. Dude, I, I hit at one point, month off, month off, broke my wrist a month ago. Came back, first day playing basketball, hit four threes in a row at one point. I was feeling myself. I was feeling. Lakers could use you, man. Nah, nah, they couldn't. They couldn't. No. <laughs> they don't want you. Nah. <laughs> Dude, uh, um, but, I mean, first off, one thing I did notice is, how do I how do I put this? There was a shot. Rui Hachimura. I think it was who took the shot. All right. I want to say it was Rui. There was like 16 seconds left in the shot clock. And this was right after Davis and Russell subbed off. I mean, Rui hit a couple shots later in the game that were good, but there was one. There's sometimes, you know, unless you're like the Golden State Warriors or one of the best three point shooting teams in the league, I don't think you should be taking a three point shot <laughs> above 14 seconds in the shot clock, which, like, I swear I saw Rui, and I'm forgetting who else I saw do it during the – it might have been Schroeder. And I was, just, I was like – I was like, this is a lot – it's just like, that's just not good basketball, you know, especially the last six minutes where every possession counts. Yeah. You know it's, who kept – what, go? Who kept what? Also, were you about to talk for AR-15? No, you know who kept getting wide open but just, like, was not able to hit his shots? I'm going to guess Malik Beasley or Troy Brown Jr. Because Troy Brown Jr., Troy Brown Jr., dude. Troy Brown Jr. maybe caught four passes on the wing wide open. Like, like set his feet, shoot nobody within, like, ten feet, bricked, at like, three, four times. I was just like – Yeah, man. I mean, even if it's a one-point lead, you can't go into the fourth quarter – and lose that game at home, no matter who you're playing. And Troy Brown Jr. couldn't – he couldn't hit anything, dude. He was wide open, though, too, and he's he's a good defensive player. Like, he, he kept taking the right shots. That's the he's worst a part. He's three-point shooter. He can – I'll let him take threes. Yeah. It's just – it came at an unfortunate moment. I can't – I look at this Lakers starting lineup, and I think to myself, hmm, Troy Brown Jr. Seven threes last night he missed. Yeah. Malik Beasley, two at eight. I know he's – a streaky good shooter, but I haven't been thrilled with Malik Beasley's impact on the Lakers since his acquisition. And I love Jared Vanderbilt, but I need more than two points. I just, I, I need it on a night like last night where it's basically D'Lo and AD on your starters. I mean, your bench, you had, you know, Schroeder, Rui, Austin, they all put up, I think actually they all put up double digits today. Yeah, they mean- all put up double, double digits. So like, I just need more than three points from Troy Brown. I need more than two points for Jared Vanderbilt when your team is struggling to score outside of your two starters. No, I agree. And uh, my friend just sent me a picture. 
of me wearing a cowboy hat. But, you know, I agree. And Dennis Schroeder, I personally think since LeBron's gotten hurt, Schroeder's done a good job. He's really played that microwave bench role well. Like, Schroeder comes in, and Schroeder has one mission when he comes into the game, and that is to score points. There was one move that Schroeder got himself to the free throw line. He ended up missing one of the free throws, but he got the ball, and he sw- he pivoted his feet forward and then did this. All he did was take the ball from his right hand and go like that and just moved it. And I believe it was Manuel Quickly who drew fouled them. And all he did was just literally pivot his foot forward and go from the ball from the right to the left real quick and quickly threw up his hand. And then Schroeder just ran into his hand and drew a shooting foul. And I was just like, oh, that is such a vet move. He's super solid. I mean, he'll he'll have some off night shooting, but he's averaging like seven assists in, in the month of March. He's perfect off of the bench with a healthy D-low. Like he's just quite literally so perfect. I wonder. I'm surprised Schroeder, Schroeder hasn't won a sixth man of the year yet in his career. What was the year where he should have or almost? Was that Trez who won it? Was it that year? Let me, let me see. I sure might have a six man. I thought he had a sick – or did he start too much in Oklahoma? Was the uh, It was the Oklahoma year. Yeah, that's right, Oklahoma. I think it was Trez that year, 2019 to 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that was the year he averaged 19 off the bench in 65 games. He's a bucket. He's a playmaker for his teammates. He's a good player. I'm curious – you know, I, I really – I'm getting to the point, actually. I mean, we have, what, 14-ish games left? I'm not sure how many the Lakers have specifically, but we're around 13, 14, I would imagine, for the league. I think it's time for LeBron to come back. Uh, it, Call him it, up. It, it, actually, you know what? They did. They just came off a three-game winning streak. I would – if the Lakers were to lose their next two games, LeBron has to come back. He's oh, has 100. To come back. He has to come back. You hope it's not too late by then because we say it all the time, man. You know, Oklahoma – they're not going to go anywhere. Utah, they're not going to go anywhere. These teams will, at worst, be New Orleans. They're not gonna, like these teams aren't going anywhere. They're not going to just Utah and Oklahoma aren't going to just decide. Oh, now, now we're going to fall off and we're going to lose ten straight games, <laughs> unless something happens. Shea keeps missing, or you know, Lori miss whatever it is. But both those two teams are young. They're hungry, and every game counts right now for all of these teams. So. I'm curious to see what I'm. I'm curious if Darvin Ham's going to tweak lineups. Um, you know, I like Troy Brown out there for the most part. No, I I don't have a problem with Troy Brown Jr. I love Troy Brown Jr. I was just look. I was just saying that he missed seven three pointers last night. That's all I want. Uh, yeah, you can't do that. But the thing is, is the the silver lining is that he was willing to take seven three pointers, and I'm yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, that the guy. Kept missing, but it didn't hamper his ability or his confidence to keep shooting, which it's I think that, yeah. yeah, that's all you can ask for is that, hey, Troy Brown, do that next game in the following game. You're going to hit half of those or, you know, some of those in the yeah. next coming games. Just keep that confidence up. We need that floor spacing. You know what he's averaging in the month of March from downtown? Uh, probably 40%. 42 and a half. Yeah, so keep going. It was just an off night. You know, some people have good days. Some people have that bad days. All right. Let's, let's pivot over to the, the Knicks side. We talked a lot about the Lakers, but I think it's only right if we go and hit the Knicks side. Tan boy, 
Jackson, it's like unreal how tan you are. I also, I also feel like I've shown you the pictures of me when I'm tan. I'm about to like in a month in um a month in Miami. This is what I'm gonna look like. I, I'm holding a picture. You're gonna die. All right, you're gonna laugh so hard. God, this yes, yes, this is a good picture. Have, have you seen Grandma's Boy? You probably haven't, so I you're don't gonna think so. Uh, and Grandma's Boy, the his his marijuana dealer's like super tan, and like owns like illegal species. This is how I'm gonna oh look. <laughs> After a month, I'm gonna look this tan. <laughs> it's like in my. That's Florida living, man. Well, I tan like I'm the type of person you put me if it's like a really high UV day. Within like four hours, I come in and I'm like brown. I mean, I've shown you the videos and pictures of me of like being fucking dark. I just haven't been. I'm in Kansas. I'm not in the sun ever. <laughs> yeah, it's the sun. Sun's here is no joke. I went out on like Wednesday to just read by the pool for an hour, and I got. I was so I was burnt to like probably yesterday. Honestly, on my chest. Really. Like, doesn't get that type of sun usually. I should have put on. I got to start putting on sunscreen. And all okay. NBA defenders. This is ludicrous. Okay, so Deuce McBride hit a three-point shot last night, Swaggy. Mm -hmm. Corner three. I've been a big Deuce McBride. I used to go party at West Virginia a lot. So I used to watch a lot of WVU basketball games. So I've always had my eye on – West Virginia basketball players and love Deuce McBride screams Tom Thibodeau. But what? Oh, I put the fucking wrong picture up, and oh, I'm so mad. Knicks, let's find the right picture. But what, what was your takeaway from this game from a Knicks perspective? They, I, they really needed it. They just really needed it, and it's good that they got it. It's not easy going. I mean, you're not sleeping at home. You're you're not in your own bed. You're playing difficult teams: Sacramento, Los Angeles, Clippers, Lakers. Last night, it's a tough, it's a tough arena to play in as an opposing team. They're going to berate you, but you know, New York has they've got some great fans over in New York, so it's kind of similar to playing in the Garden. It's just when you're on the road, man. Late in the season, sometimes you get a little bit tired, maybe. It's three hour difference. I I would consider that like jet lag. I took me a while to acclimate to Eastern from Central. So I don't know, man. I think they really needed it. It's not even like we were talking about. It's not even really necessarily for seeding. They'll be fine as the five. They'll be happy with five or six, and they'll be a five or a six team. And you'll play Philly or you'll play Cleveland, and they know this. But just gotta keep. Keep gunning at it. It's not always going to be pretty. And they almost folded this game. Some clutch free throws late. Some clutch moments late. And, you know, you got to just keep rising on it. Whenever you're without your – I would imagine everyone's saying Jalen Brunson's the best player on this team now, as good as a, of a season Randall's having. When you're missing your top guy, it's a big deal. Knicks only have two games this week. So that's also cool. 
good for them. Get get some much needed rest. So uh, right now, Macaulay Culkin's trending on Twitter, and I try to figure out why. But like, but what I want to talk about, Swaggy said it best. RJ Barrett's also been playing better. I think RJ Barrett's been an unsung hero. I mean, Josh Hart, I think, is the Josh guy who has Hart. changed the whole next season. Josh Hart. Yeah. You're like, why? Hey, Josh Hart, the defense that this man brings. All right. Be Josh Hart's a leader. And, and see, Josh Hart passes. People don't realize Josh Hart always had the ability to be a secondary ball handler. But since he's came to New York, the secondary ball handling has been put on exposition. All right. He's been coming out here as a New York Knicks. All right. And I know since his time with the Pelicans in 2021, he has been this guy who's been a secondary ball handler. The last two seasons, he's been averaging four assists a night. But I really feel like with the Knicks, where he's averaging through 13 games now, almost 11 points on 61% from the field, 58.6 from three, seven rebounds, three and a half assists, steal a night, half a block. What he is, is he's actually a play initiator. He went from being this play connector to play initiator where he's bringing the ball up the court. And this is a team that Deuce McBride is arguing. Deuce McBride is arguably their pure backup point guard because I like to say my, you know, in-state neighbor, Emmanuel Quickly is more of a combo guard than pure point guard. And behind Jalen Brunson, they don't really have a pure point guard besides Deuce McBride, but and he's more of a defense specialist. So Josh Hart has really taken the – became this team's, like, secondary ball handler, like, when Brunson's not there. What, what, do you, what do you think? Also, Isaiah Hardenstein closing games over Mitchell Robinson? It was a huge move, dude. Uh, we talked about it all off season. It was just a, it's a slept on type of move, and now you're, we've been seeing the impact. Dude, I didn't see Swaggy. I didn't see Swaggy comment this right as I said that. That is so funny that he co- he literally commented what I, as I had said that. that you it, have that the best pop- of both worlds. And you know, now, you're right with Josh Hart. He's kind of like a nice energizer bunny. It's all. Uh, that stuff sticks with players. So good on the Knicks, man. I don't think they're going to win the NBA Finals, and that's perfectly fine. And it's not even they're really one time to away. Have like yeah, I probably, really. I think like nothing against RJ Barrett, but if you could trade RJ Barrett because he just has the like most tradable contract that matches up with like superstars. For example, I'm trying to think of a guy who could be available this offseason. Calvert, but. I know you're going to say that. And let's just say in a vacuum, in a vacuum, I doubt that would ever happen. Personally, doubt this would ever happen. RJ Barrett and like three first round picks for Mikhail Bridges. I think that's now a championship team. I don't get if, why Mikhail Bridges is a third, three first round pick player, but I like the, yeah, I think Mikhail Bridges on this team would be. This team would be a championship contender. I would be yelling, screaming that this team would be a contender if they had a Mick. Of at least a Mikhail Bridges caliber player instead of RJ Barrett. If you replaced RJ Barrett with Mikhail Bridges, this team is now a contender. Because you have a one, two, three, and Brunson, Randall, and Bridges. Yeah, especially on the defensive side, I think Mikhail would 
would do them wonders as opposed to RJ. No disrespect to RJ. He had a great game last night. I think he's like 4-23 in his last four games. from Yeah, no. Down, but he's still he's, scoring. He had 1-3 last night. He still, still dropped 30. They got the depth at the center position. You got Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Harnstein, and then you even got Jericho Sims if you need to break the glass. Obi Toppin's been putting in some good minutes. You don't. Obi Toppin's really someone's going to give him some money when not like a huge contract, but I see him getting like a full mid-level exception or something whenever he hits free agency. You don't think so? I I think Jalen Brunson this season, if he isn't a top five point guard. He's top 10 at least. He's one of the best point guards in the league. I think Jalen Brunson's taken his game to that next level. I wasn't even a Brunson fan to begin with this season, but I, I'm willing to admit that this guy has done a phenomenal job at taking his game to the next level. Uh, yeah, I think – I mean, Jalen Brunson's the best player on the team. I I don't think – if if that's an issue, then you need somebody better than Randall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I think Jalen Brunson is a championship-caliber point guard. I just think you go to the what Jackson said about Mikhail Bridges, bringing in a guy like Mikhail Bridges will help with the defense and make up for, you know, Brunson, Brunson's inefficiencies. And whoever wants to talk crap about Randall and his defense, I think last night and is, is an example that when Randall wants tries, he's actually a plus defender. So I really think the big thing is Jalen Brunson, even if he tries because of his physical profile, he's not going to be a good defender. So having a guy like a Mikhail Bridges instead of an RJ Barrett helps, you know, hide and mask those defensive deficiencies. We know the two players who takes this team, the two easily, maybe not easily, the two somewhat realistic acquirable <coughs> acquisitions are going to be Mikhail Bridges this offseason and also a Mr. Tyus Jones. So you, those are Tyus Jones. This is a very pro Tyus Jones show. <laughs> we there basically every point guard opening that we're like, hey, this team needs a better backup point guard, or this team needs a better starting point guard. We're always like, they need to find someone like Tyus Jones or they need to trade for Tyus Jones. Okay. And Tyus Jones is the answer for a lot of teams. And these are two guys that are they gettable? Probably are they going to be traded? No, because they're yeah. these their teams, the Grizzlies really like Tyus Jones and the Brooklyn Nets really like Mikhail Bridges. But if we, you know, in the terms of speculation and, and you know, we're doing a show, we do have to, you know, acknowledge that those would be two guys that if we were the Nets, the Knicks, we would be calling up all offseason for. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I would imagine Tyus will be a lot more attainable just because he'll be on an expiring contract. And even though Memphis ideally doesn't want to give him up, if they could somehow find a replacement. I think player. it depends on how they feel with Kennedy Chandler, the the rookie, and B, and B, because Tyus Jones is – so I think it's more than likely Tyus Jones could get traded because he goes into his final year of his contract. So there's that. But the what could keep them from trading him is – John Morant in the playoffs. How does that look? Playoffs. Well, if Tyus Jones has to play in the playoffs, he'll feast. Oh, because Ja's not there. Yeah, that's. I wasn't trying to uh, say that. I was, ja will be 
Jaw will be there, but what if he gets hurt or if something unforeseen, you know, having Tyus Jones a really good insurance policy, it looks like now. I really need Jaw back, actually, because my buddy's got Tyus Jones. But I'm Tyus finished. Jones would be insane on the Knicks. Yeah. Now, we kind of talked about this team and their defense. Oh, my God. The way that they suffocated – Nikolai Jokic made his life miserable. I, I watched this game live yesterday, and I was just impressed. They were literally at points. I don't know how Jacques Vaughn designed this, but they were playing like a zone defense where four guys would be guarding Jokic, but at the same time still guarding the rest of the team. I It was, it was fantastic. The Brooklyn Nets are playing some of the most, you know, most ingenuity defense with the most ingenuity in it. There, I believe it now is six games where they have the best defense combined defense in the NBA. I think that's the blueprint to beating Denver is make everybody else beat you. You know, Jamal have his moments. Michael have his moments. Gordon solid. Casey, they're they all play really well. Christian together, Brown. If I'm gonna. If I'm in a seven-game series, I have to neutralize Jokic on offense as much as I can and then just go at him. I think the Nets have a lot of high IQ basketball players who are beginning to mesh well with each other. If, if Dinwiddie's not playing good basketball, he's going to look to distribute your career high in assists last night. Nicholas Claxton. It's like if Claxton – high IQ, I mean like – Claxton started what well, it might have even been seven to seven. He started off red hot. He wasn't missing. Dinwiddie's feeding, you know, feed the hot hand. I'm not the hot hand tonight. It's Claxton. So let's feed Claxton. And Mikhail Bridges has done a great job to begin to ascend. I think most people would imagine right now that it's a safe bet to say Mikhail Bridges is no doubt about it, a complimentary number two on a super on a, a championship caliber team, like a Chris Middleton, a closer, a guy who can defend. Yeah, he has became a Mikhail Bridge. Uh, a Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> Mikhail Bridges has became a Chris Milton guy. I think we used to view him as a borderline four. Borderline. I thought, was, I thought or, or borderline three, more of a four. Yeah, third, third or fourth option. Like, yeah. and yeah, now I think Mikhail Bridges is a guy that, let's say, if the you know if the Bucks were like, oh, we don't want to pay Chris Milton this offseason forty five million here, Brooklyn. Here's every single pick we have and Marjan Bochamp. Oh, that's for, scary. That's a scary thought. Cal Bridges on the Bucks. Oh my goodness. I'm not saying that they're trading, but I could I could see a bunch of contending teams where they're like, we need a number two. I think in Mikhail Bridges at this point, the way that he's playing, the guy should be considered an all NBA player. Well, <laughs> like maybe for like right now, but not for the season. I mean, I'm, I'm about I'm about to pull I'm about to pull up his combined averages for the season. Probably sixteen, six and three. Well, he's averaging twenty five for the Nets. He was averaging seventeen this season for the Suns. Combined so far, dude, that was good math. Eighteen point eight. He's shooting forty seven percent from the field, forty percent from three. Four and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal a night, a block a night, one and a half turnovers. I'm not that bad. It's not bad at all. It's just not all NBA quite yet. 
If you had the whole season on the Brooklyn Nets, we got a different conversation. Well, at 10 more games, that'll be 23 games with the, like, the net. Jalen Brunson, for example. I mean, Mikhail Bridges will be first-team defense, all oh, defense yeah. this season. I, I'm just saying they're very – I think Mikhail Bridges has put himself as a top-five two-way wing. He's arguably the best, if not one of the best, defensive wings in the league. This is a guy who has been Defensive Player of the Year candidate before for points – you know, one of the best perimeter defending wings. And now he's showing he's one of the best scoring wings. So at this point, Mikhail Bridges has put himself in that top five, in my opinion, two-way wings in the league that you think, where you have like OG Ananobi, Kawhi yeah. Leonard, it's Paul George, OG. you know, Paul Mikhail George. Bridges. I guess Paul George not anymore. You Would you not think Paul – I guess Paul George, he doesn't play defense like he used to be. But what Paul George used to be, I guess. You, you get what I'm saying with that. Uh, but, you know, those six foot seven, six foot eight guys who can play both sides of the ball. And Dorian Finney-Smith was feeling himself also last night. I do want to say that. Um, was that two straight big-time threes now? It was. It was. Big time threes. Dorian Finney-Smith ended with 14, Clarkson 20. Spencer Dinwiddie also had a great game. He's been getting more, more, getting better and better. He had 16 assists. God damn, he was setting up everybody. Hey, my boy, you know who's been great since the trade? Who's really came alive? The Lakers. I mean, Joe Harris and Seth Curry found their three-point shot, but uh, my boy Royce O'Neal. Yeah, Royce has been nice for him. Royce has really came in and has bought in even more, and he's been playing fantastic, in my opinion. And definitely somebody that has been making a huge impact for for this team. But, well, do you think this Brooklyn Nets squad could upset a team in the postseason? Not a chance. There's not a single chance. But they'll give – it's looking like Cleveland a run for their money. They'll make it interesting. They'll keep it interesting. I don't know if they'll make it interesting. They'd be able to snag two. Cleveland's a good defensive team, though. They'd be able to. I would imagine if we get into the playoffs, I will just, I will just game plan literally around Macal Bridges and let everyone else do whatever the whatever they please, really. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's definitely, you know, when you try. I think right now. Uh, that's a good way to put it because the cupboard in terms of offense is a bit bare. I think it might be easy for teams, the game plan, but I also see this being the type of team that first round matchup. If they play a team right now, let's look at the standing for the nets. If the nets swept by the Celtics with KD. So that is true. On an upset. That was Steve Nash is that coach though. Yeah. So, KD's a top five player, though. All right, if they're the fifth seed, they would play the Cavaliers right now. Yeah, Cavs in six. Just perfectly fine. It's a good way to end the season for Brooklyn, no doubt. Yeah. Um, which team, if they okay, – Cavs or Sixers, it looks like, would be the two teams that they would play. Yeah. Which team would be the more team, more likely team to get upset? By the Nets. Cavs or Sixers? I say the Cavs. 
Actually, I say the Sixers. Yeah, I'd I'd throw the money on the Cavs, but the Sixers. I, I just see far off. I think Doc, uh, Doc Rivers would just like be incompetent and just. I like, think they the Sixers have a higher chance of of screwing it up. Okay, yeah, yeah. The on paper it should be the Cavs, but in my mind, the Sixers for some reason would be the team to lose to the Nets because the Nets yeah. would just go like super space ball where they'd be like, "Oh, Nick Claxton's just not going to play. We're just going to run like." Mikhail Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry. And they're just going to literally be like, oh, by the way, we're just going to shoot like 83s a game. And then yeah. like and like, basically tell Joel Embiid to come out to the perimeter. He's not going to get – they're not – they wouldn't get as many foul calls. Claxton doesn't have to deal with foul trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and, then they'd, and then they'd have James Harden like double team. They just tell Joel beat us. We'll we'll take everyone away. Tell Joel to beat you. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, not bad. It's, it's like honestly bad. not a bad plan. You just and they have so many shooters that they'll be like, yeah, we'll just shoot sixty threes a night. Like if we get twenty of those, those that's thirty points, sixty points right there. You know, <laughs> so. But we're talking about – I think it's a good thing that we're kind of talking about the Cavaliers right there, which I think the Cavs are themselves a team to that, you know, has been interesting to watch. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers? The Cavaliers are a team that I think a lot of people will say are good but might be a little young. Like, everyone's like, this is a really good team, but no one's choosing them as their championship contention team. I see this team being, you know, a year away from contending, maybe a wing away from contending. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers? Oh, man. I don't know if it was the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. that's, That's a thing, though, is they're still super young. Um, I think the reason they're getting overlooked is because of, I mean, the the turnaround they had from two years ago to last year to this year is unbelievable. It's going to come down to Mitchell. And to be honest with you, I don't think Mitchell is going to struggle. I wouldn't be surprised if Donovan Mitchell, if they play Brooklyn or New York, averages 40 points in the series. So to me, Cleveland 100% is getting out of the first round. Now, once we get into the second round, I think it's going to be based on the team they play and how that team looks. If it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee, that's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough win to overcome. I would, I would imagine what I, I would, I would take bucks and six right now. Bucks and six. I Tech just, round. Uh, so the Cavs, I mean, this team easily could make it to the West uh, Eastern conference final. Yeah, wouldn't be shocked. No doubt. They're right on schedule. They're bit they're the biggest team. They're huge. In the sense that they can out rebound any team. I just think this is a team that's either gonna be second round or conference finals. Depends on I think Evan Mobley, people are acting like he hasn't been great. Evan Mobley's been freaking fantastic. 
Jared Allen, I mean, hopefully the eye problem isn't too bad. I think yeah. they're calling it an eye contusion. I mean, I saw that happen live. I let her point it at my girlfriend. I was like, oh, my God, that looks so painful. And she was like, what? I was like, look at that. I was like, the man got stabbed. They started Lamar Stevens <laughs> and Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro has been playing. But also, shout out Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio's stats have been terrible. But, I mean, as of late. Like, I mean, shooting his shooting stats, his other stats have been fine. Ricky Ruby has been doing what they wanted him to, but they still got Robin Lopez. I mean, Karis LeVert had a decent night. I just think when I look at this team, the problem is, is Isaac Curro, Karis LeVert, and the, and like the, the bench, like this team needs to beat you with Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell, and Jared Allen. And then the rest of the team is like some nights they show up and they look like that contending squad. And then some nights you're like, oh, no. You know, that they need – I just think they don't have enough consistent players off the bench and at the wing. Yeah. Like their bigs, the Robin Lopez, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, that's fine. Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and Ricky Rubio. That's fine. That those though all those guys, those six guys I just mentioned, championship players. But the the Karis Levert, Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osman, I as much as I like those guys, I think those guys would be great if those were your two, three, and four. All right. But you need a you need a Josh Hart. All right. Josh Hart would be sweet. You get what I'm saying? Like Josh Hart. If, Even a Jay Crowder, I'd take. Yeah. I'd take him. If any of those guys were their, their number one starting wing and then you had Karis LeVert, then Isaac Curl, then Jetty Osman, I would feel way more confident. Yeah, that, that's something they'll figure out in the in the offseason. I think uh, JB is a good – I think he'll figure it out. But, yeah, you do wonder about that. I mean, if Mitchell forty. Yeah, nothing against Karis LeVert or Isaac Kuro. It's just polar opposite. Karis, microwave. A Kuro defense. Sometimes can score. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes Isaac – I mean, Isaiah Kuro is just starting to look kind of like Josh Okoge 2.0. Josh Okoge's resurging right now, though. He's kind of – he kind of fallen back to – Fall well, yeah. back to earth lately, but yeah, he was surging at one point for the Suns, averaging 16 a night for in February. But yeah, I think this is a, a good squad that the Cavs have right here, but it's missing a piece before I can go like, oh, this team's gonna contend. Yeah. Yeah. Great. But again, this is also a team that I could see going to the Western Conference. I mean, not Western, I keep saying that Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, no doubt. But let's move over to a squad that has been playing so well, but the rumors about one guy going back to Houston have kept them from being in the headlines. Oh, my God. This Philadelphia 76ers squad is playing a good basketball. What are your thoughts? Do you agree with me that this 76ers squad there's nothing to sneeze at. Old man P.J. Tucker, still doing old man P.J. Tucker things, but James Harden has reinvented himself, and nobody's talking about it. 
And Joel Embiid doesn't care for the MVP. He just wants a championship. Yeah, Joel's MVP. Very clear, abundant, unclear, actually. I, I, I would be, yeah, I think this, I think Philly's super legit. I think it's going to come down to Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey stepping up in the playoffs as far as how far can they go. But it's a good team, man. This is a very good team. Can't write them off. We definitely can't write them off. I think the Sixers squad might be the best team in the East. I, I think now we've been saying Bucks Celtics, but it really could be Bucks Sixers. I want percent. I yeah. want a Joel Embiid versus Giannis Antetokounmpo matchup. I want James Harden versus Chris Middleton. Tyrese Maxey versus Javon Carter. Tobias Harris versus, I guess, maybe Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. I don't even know how that would go down. But, God damn. I just. Philly-Boston round two would be such a fun series. It would be. I just. Joel Bede looks like a man on a mission. He's pissed off. He wants to do it. Also, I forgot that P.J. Tucker won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. There's a huge reason why they did. And, well, for me, I thought the way that they – I also forgot that P.J. Tucker, like, started off in Phoenix. Like, well, he started in Toronto, then went to Europe and then came back and played for Phoenix. But P.J. Tucker this season has been probably one of the most interesting players because he's averaging three and a half points this season, four rebounds. I mean, shit. I mean, he's shooting all right. I he's Mister Stats. Like I think he's he'll have positive impacts even if he doesn't record stats. I mean, there's some nights where like February 25th against the Celtics, for example, he had 16 rebounds. I mean, there you go. Um. Last five, he's averaging one and a half, three boards. I think he's offensively. I think it's over. I mean, maybe, maybe some threes. Yeah, catches your threes. threes. And he loves that corner, but I uh, that he's a big reason why Tobias and Tyrese got to be ready to play in the playoffs. And who knows? You know, PJ Tucker could come out in the playoffs if he's still starting and. Average 10 points on 50% three-point shooting and lock up the opposing team's best wing. Like, it's not far-fetched in the slightest. Maybe he's just saving his – maybe he's just saving his scoring for the playoffs, but he doesn't need – Want to eagle Dalla? Yeah. Yeah, right. He needs to be better, though. No, completely, completely. But, yeah, I, I got this team as a team that people sh- should not be surprised – to see in the Western Conference Finals against the Bucks, I really just want to keep it reiterating the fact that I do think the Milwaukee Bucks will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, Chris Milton saw career high minute or season high minutes last night. He did. He did. So. Let's talk about a cat that I like and that I made a video on yesterday talking about 
Kessler Edwards. Did you see him play? Where are you have you seen him? I don't I don't know what you're getting at here. Let's hear you're it. Not fan All right, Kessler Edwards. They brought him in and then they waved Casey Okapala or waved Casey Okapala and then brought Kessler Edwards in. This guy's six foot eight, six foot nine. He had twelve points on Friday or Saturday it was against the Phoenix Suns. Seven rebounds, twelve points, steal and assist. This is a guy that I have always been a fan of last year. The Brooklyn Nets actually played him a bunch, but then they just at one point were like, ah, actually, we're just going to stop playing you. But for for me, I think he was a guy that coming into the NBA, I was a big fan of him coming out of Pepperdine. And due to the fact that he had at the six foot eight frame that he stands at, he can shoot over anyone. All right. His movement shooting is legit and somebody that people should really keep an eye out for that maybe next year if an injury happens, you could be a big, big, big impact player. Like I'm a big fan of Kessler Edwards, and it's because of the shooting and defensive combination that he brings that I really think he can make an impact. It's hard to find guys like Kessler Edwards who can shoot off movement like this guy can at six foot eight. All right. He he's able to run off screens and force defenders out onto him, and he's a pretty effective floor spacer. And then on top of that, this guy's a defensive unit in terms of his ability to be a weak side rim protector, as well as having these instinctual awareness and high basketball IQ of knowing where to be. And yeah, he needs to improve his ball handling and the concerns over the lack of counter that he presents offensively if a team's able to take away his shooting as he lacks shot creation. But I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be in the NBA for a while as a useful floor spacer and solid team defender. So I just think Kessler Edwards could be a big impact player for the Sacramento Kings next year. Six foot eight with a seven foot wingspan. Not a crazy athlete, but has enough pop off two feet to finish above the rim. Good lateral quickness for his size with strong fluidity. I just think that's somebody you like. He's pretty good at around the basket, aggressive, takes the driving lanes that are available to him. And, again, good defensive prospect, good on-ball size for wings, slides the feet well, good mechanics for his size, knows how to use that length. That's, you know, taking the shot away by contesting jumpers and uses his angles in a way that he pushes guys away from the rim despite not being particularly strong. And he's an available weak side block, you know, block, shot blocker. And I just think he's a really sharp player who's going to consistently be in the right positions with skill sets that are going to continue to develop in the NBA well. Nothing else? No, I don't. <laughs> you, don't you don't you don't care about guess? Fuck you. I'm really. Sacramento's the second team in the Western Conference. I don't really like Kessler is cool, but I mean, the playoffs are on my mind. not. Kessler Edwards. So, no one likes you. I'm just, I'm just saying. You're, you're just a hater. What did Kessler do to you? Kessler didn't do anything to me. I just don't just think there's more important things to chat about. All right. I'm trying to find a picture that I like for this next team. Let's go, Uzman Yang. This is so annoying. All right, here's one that's 
Uzman Jang has been playing really well for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So has Josh Giddy. So have the rest of the boys. I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think of this? You know, J-Dub's back. What do you think of the Thunder and what they've been doing? And is this a playoff team or will they wrap up shop before it all ends? Let me hear your opinion on these Thunder. I still think 100% they're a playoff team. Yeah, no doubt about it. J-Dub, second best rookie in the league. And I think I think playoff appearances still very important to them. And they just have a lot of nice young talent. So, I'm excited. I think they'll hold on to it for sure. I actually think they'll. I think they'll beat out the Jazz, and they'll either beat out the Jazz or the Lakers. One of those teams won't make it. So yeah, I think they're not safe because they're still tied technically with the tiebreaker. But yeah, I think I think the Thunder will make the playoffs. I think actually they depending on who they play they're uh, I want to say they'll get out of the plane. I can't be 100% sure of it. I want to say it though. But I won't say it today. Well, you're muted. Have you followed Uzman Jang? Since birth. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you were that big of a fan. Yeah. So, sure. the Frenchman, all right? Uzman Jang played in France for two years, then went over to New Zealand as part of the, the G League Knights with Hugo Benson, who I completely forgot. Hugo Benson... He's actually teammates with our boy Victor Wambinyama. Yeah, pretty funny. But and he's he he's actually own his draft rights are owned by the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh oh, yeah, Uzman Jang, six foot nine, six foot eight, six foot ten, whatever you want to call him, with a seven foot wingspan. This guy shows the balance of coordination that he has and how he really knows how to use his length. And he's a guy that it was, it's all a three point shot. He's a three point shot away from being this guy that the, the Thunder are doing a good job. They're developing him. And it's all about if he shoots his potential so high because of the way that he processes the game and can read the floor, he's easily could become a dribble pass shoot threat. Who's a long versatile switchable defender. And we all know those type of players are worth their weight in gold in the modern NBA. Jang, who shoots consistently from three, is someone who, at the very least, could turn to a very valuable role player in similar vein to Nick Batum, which Ooh. I don't think people understand how valuable that is. Like, yeah, Batum's a beast. Yeah, and like prime Nick Batum's giving you like 15 points, seven rebounds, five assists, basically, you know? Like, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. Like Nick Batum's career stats right here are eleven points, five five rebounds, four assists, to steal a block a night. That works. Yeah, and it definitely best, works. Batum's best seasons, he averaged fifteen, six and six, one and one. You know, and that's what I'm saying is like you look at Usman Jang and you're mm-hmm. like, you could be Nick Batum on steroids, and I think that he's a guy at the very least is a very high level role player. 
And this is the Jang is the type of guy that the Thunder need, you know, off the bench to help build up that bench for this team to be considered, you know, in a year or two, maybe to be a contender. These are the type of guys that you need. Yeah, I like that. They've done a the Thunder in general have done a really good job at bouncing back. I believe it was five straight that they lost, and they've done a great job at climbing back up. I think a lot of people started to forget about them. Or, Maybe not forget about them, but kind of write them off as far as you know. They'll you know they'll probably be like an 11, 12 seat now uh, when they lost five straight, and they've they've countered that beautifully. And yeah, Usman, it's honestly most of their players, and it, it is just it'll be a little inconsistent at times. Where you know, depending on who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. Don't forget about Chet, man. I, I, the the thunder, the thunder propaganda is, is for good reason. It's an it's an exciting team. So, we have something that we need to talk about. One of my my favorite sports drink has pulled. Powery plans to pull their ad with John Morant. <laughs> well, <laughs> What do you see this? Do you yeah. see this? That is like, <laughs> I didn't know where that call was going, but that's yeah. this is great. I thought this guy like, was gonna be super woke and talk about like how they're yeah. idiots, and then the, I didn't know. That's a like. That's a like. <laughs> but so John Moran's off the court troubles are having real world consequences, including potentially putting a dent in NBA superstars' wallet. Coca-Cola's Powerade, shout out, better than Gatorade, pulled its ad featuring the 23-point guard after the Memphis Grizzlies suspended him because he flashed a gun on social media, media during a wild night at Shotgun Willie's, a Denver area strip club. Also, have I have you seen what Shotgun Willie's looks like? No. Only outside. Was it a real report afterwards that the guy said – like yes. he, so he said that like he spent 50k or whatever. But then was it true that he rebuttaled that and was like, yeah, he spent 50k. He didn't drink a single thing, and he was like yeah. the most respectable person ever. That yeah. was real. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. I think I don't. The first off, that I'm worried that's the sugar-free Powerade. No, that's the regular. They just rebranded. Uh, I don't like There's the rebrand. Then the shotgun Willies. Okay, I love it. This is the gold club in Maryland where, like, where there's Lambos and shit, and it's like a really nice, like, strip club in Maryland. And this is what I was expecting, like, Ja Morant to be at. Okay, and let me find it. Gold club. This is is this Maryland or is this Denver here? The the one I'm showing you is the one that Ja Morant was. Oh, okay, in Denver. Yeah. Okay. The one I'm about to show you is called the Gold Club in Maryland. And I've never been, but I've always wanted to go because supposedly it is, like, the nicest. Like, they have valet when you pull up. Like, this is the Gold Club, all right? This is just the outside of the Gold Club. You ready for the inside? Yeah. That looks like the GTA strip club. This is the inside. Nice. Right. Isn't that the nicest strip club ever? I'm not well versed in the in the topic, but yeah, that that it does look great. It doesn't have like really nice. Yes, like you're gonna have some good looking women dancing in front of you. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Isn't that I, a nice vibe? That's a nice vibe. Smoke a couple cigars. Have a nice scotch. That seems like a good cigar and scotch spot. Yeah, like you know you're gonna be in there with like decent women, and the other the other patrons aren't gonna be grimy guys. You're gonna be with like businessmen. You know, like you're not gonna be with like guys with no teeth and like holes in their pants. Like everyone's probably yeah, right. gonna be in a suit and wearing Rolexes, you know, like with the Lambos and the Porsche everyone's probably the- gonna be married or engaged. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. they're all like, I gotta go see the wife and kids after this. Cheeks in face. I don't know what Jaws. I don't know why he went to I've never been to Denver outside of the airport. So really? I don't, know, I don't know what they have to work with. You're missing I don't know. out. Well, I, I, based on where Jaws are going, it doesn't really sound like I'm missing out. Honestly. Okay. Well, but, that's my girlfriend's from Colorado, and she she laughed when she heard of Shotgun Willies, and he's like, "Why the fuck did he go to Shotgun Willies?" Oh, really? Yeah, she yeah was exactly. Like, that's what he's. That's that's what I'm thinking too. After seeing that spot, she says there's so many other strip clubs that he could have gone to, and she he chose Shotgun Willies in Glendale. Like, which is in, like, a nice area. Goes back to the thing is, like, he might not be hanging out with the best crowd. He's like, not what? hanging out with the most ideal crowd. And that's, like, been the reoccurring theme, I think, ever since even the early days at college. But Really? You know, you I, didn't know, I didn't know this was a thing in college. Well, I don't – I I'm not trying to insinuate that. I'm just saying, um, like, from the videos that have surfaced of him and his college teammates, it's – what were like, this isn't surprising? What, it's not surprising that he what's going on in college. Murray State. What, what no, was, what what's the videos? He's like, goddamn stuff. No, it's just like it's just young men having a good time with their boys. So that's why I'm not surprised that he's doing the same thing in the league. Because it's not like you know, he was just in college recently, and it's like he's like 32 with a kid now. This is what young this is what young kids do, especially if you have money. But if you have money, it's gonna be you know, dropping fifty at, at wife or at, uh Lewis. This is the greatest picture ever with John Morant in the club. Oh my god, that's so much money. Do you see John? <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great funny picture. He didn't drink though, he's he was respectful the whole time. He didn't even want to have a good time. Yeah, he's seen this picture. No, oh, yeah, I've seen that picture. I agree with uh Internet T, amazing performance. This, I don't give a rat's ass about Powerade pulling their ad with John Morant. John Morant doesn't give a rat's ass about this. Like, who really cares? There's just, it's woke media. It's like the, yeah, I was just. Now, I want you to. My girlfriend just texted me. Morning and damn, all over a gun. Like what? What happened? Oh, I sent her a picture of this tweet. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I agree with her. Like, this is – who cares? Like, Jai, Well, my girlfriend the also loves – about this are Powerade higher-ups who are like, this is bad press and they're stuck My in girlfriend loves Powerade, so I keep like – Powerade's 50, a great drink. I keep like 15 bottles of Powerade in my fridge because like whenever I'm hungover or dehydrated or come back from the gym, I crack Electrolytes. Powerade. Yeah, like I literally – I drink – I think Powerade's – I think – in my opinion, Gatorade's too sweet. So I drink, I like Powerade. I think that Powerade's. I, I, okay, this is what I say. The blue 
original flavor of Powerade is better than every other flavor of Gatorade, but every other flavor of Gatorade is better than every other flavor of Powerade. Powerade only has one really good flavor. My girlfriend likes red, but like as well, but she, we both agree blue is the best flavor and blue oh, is yeah. better. Blue is the better than any other pa- uh, Gatorade flavor, but every other oh, Gatorade yeah. flavor is better than all the other Powerade flavors. Yeah, Does I it- guess that I guess that's true. Blue Powerade is legit. I like the red one. I like the yellow one. Yellow's but okay. I red isn't bad. I, red, yeah, red's not bad. I just would choose blues. Blue over red. OG at Loyola, we had a uh, blue Powerade. Um, oh, you guys were a Powerade school? Yeah, dude. We had Fuck the, uh, we had on the Gatorade. dispensers. Yeah, we're yeah, we, Gatorade, we have Gatorade dispensers. We're running twenty four seven, baby. You know what's you know what good Gatorade is? Gatorade in um the the cans like these cans is so good. Gatorade in these. I've never had that. Oh, dude, it's so good. Really? I'm not a huge Gatorade or Powerade fan, but like I'd get a blue Powerade all the time in school. But Gatorade in a freaking can is unbelievable. I hope Jaws back soon. I think he will be back soon. Um, it's just there's so many reports coming out now. You don't even really know what to believe and. It's crazy because in one year from now, as long as he like, I don't even think he needs to get his act together. I think he just needs to be a little bit more uh, aware can we of situations. Agree? Can we agree? What the problem isn't? I think the the bigger problem here is it's not the behavior. Obviously, the behavior is a problem, but I think it goes with the halfway crook thing that everyone's been doing is like, everyone's like, why are you doing this job? Like you aren't this. I think that's the problem. All right. Like you ain't about that life. Like there's no need for you to be about that life, nor were you ever about that life to begin with growing up. Like, you know, the whole video we played of uh, AJ Brown laughing that they're like, he wants to be Larry Hoover. And they're like, it's like they pulled up and they're like, John, you want to ride? He's like, yeah, let me ride, you know, like. Yeah, that's the whole thing is he doesn't need to be doing what he's doing. That's why I want him to be more aware of some of these decisions. And I've That's like the thing is like there's all these reports, there's all these sources that are saying different things. Like somebody needs to sit down with John and be like, listen, dude, like I'm not saying don't booze. I'm not saying don't party, but like you got to be a little bit more smarter about it. It's a business. You're under contract from Memphis. You know, you mean a lot to these kids. You don't want anything bad to happen. Like, you're fine right now. You're chilling, but you don't want anything bad to happen. You don't want to be a bad role model. But then you'll see a report saying, like, oh, his parents are, you know, promoting this behavior. And then you'll see another report saying, like, oh, it's it's his inner circle that's promoting this behavior. I mean, you just don't want it to turn into anything too far but he's fine now I, one year from now as long as nothing else as long as he's not flashing other guns on instagram lives like one year from now no one will remember this no one will really care about it i mean yeah if everything goes right yeah i think he'll be back and i think he'll be i think realistically net more next week is is better i'd love for him to be back this week but he'll be back before the playoffs yeah no and it'll I, be I, like he never left it'll literally be like he never left that's how it is. So we have some interesting news regarding a guy by the name of Ben Simmons. I do need to use the bathroom real quick. So 
read this and let me hear tell the people your reaction. Jacques Vaughn, non-committal on Ben Simmons returning this season. Jacques, Jacques Vaughn has repeatedly insisted the Nets haven't discussed shutting injured Ben Simmons down by Sunday if Simmons is coming back this season. Vaughn, Vaughn conspiracy, conspicuously non-committal. Yeah, I think first of all, I'll just be pretty simple. He's still managing his back in East Orange, as Fawn said, cryptically. He's back home in Brooklyn. We'll get a chance to kind of see where he's at when we get home after this trip. I don't think Ben Simmons will come back this year. I don't think Ben Simmons needs to come back this year. The way Brooklyn is set up is not for quite yet long-term success. You know, Ben Simmons is on a – that's the thing is like a team like Brooklyn is still holding on to him. I don't think he's quite at that point where he'd be out of the league. I don't think we're we're at that moment yet. I think a team would still take another shot on him if Brooklyn were to get rid of him. But if he goes to that other team and they and it doesn't work out or he gets injured, that's when I think we start having that conversation. I still view Ben Simmons as a good basketball player, and you can still – he's got to evolve his game. He's got to continue to evolve his game. We saw plenty of flashes – in the regular season and it's the back is what worries me. It's not even Ben Simmons play or his game style. It's more of his back because if you keep having these reoccurring long issues, that's not good, man. You got to stay healthy and you got to be healthy, but at the same time, you know, you people got to believe in you. We saw Ben Simmons have some good games. We saw him have some flashes. He's still a phenomenal passer. He can still rebound. He can still defend. We started to see him get his legs under under him at more later parts when he was playing this season. I think Brooklyn is the perfect spot for him to get shut down for the remainder of the year and go into next year just fully healthy and remind everybody who you are. He's dealt with injuries his whole career, which is that's what sucks, and that's what's worry, worrisome. I've been seeing a lot of people be like, he's going to be out the league, this and that. I just don't see that. I mean, unless he has, like, that big of a mental problem, I just don't see that happening. And they haven't said yeah. they're going to shut him down. I don't know. I mean, it'd be terrible if it come, comes out that he has, like, Brandon Roy or if he has, like, a life-altering, like, what I mean, it'd be terrible if we find out that like he has like pro you know life affecting ailments. Yeah, that's but, exactly what I was saying. Is I don't think he's quite out of the league or anywhere near that. But it's more, you know, how serious are these injuries? Like, are these like what you're saying? Are these are these career issues? I don't think the mental aspect is that. It's obviously unideal. I don't. Think I just don't. I don't think, I think it's health. Yeah, I, I don't think he's trust. He doesn't trust his body. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Like he's yeah. been so injured for three, four years now that he doesn't know what it is to be a hundred percent anymore. Like, yeah. And I think he's scared that, like, if he keeps trying to overexert himself or go at a hundred percent, that he's going to keep getting hurt and it, like he's not going to be able to recover. And I think that's the bigger issue. And it goes to say, like, if this is a back thing, guys. Dwight Howard, Brooke Lopez. We've talked about this all year. Look at Brooke Lopez this season. Tiger Woods, yeah. Great example. Okay, Tiger Woods, Brooke Lopez. Two guys that when they finally, finally got proper back surgery, even Dwight Howard, that season where he played with the Wizard like like three, nine games only, then comes back, 
rebuilt, rejuvenates himself and plays for the Lakers after having back surgery that he said that he had a nine-inch cyst on his back had to be removed. Goodness. Yeah, Dwight Howard supposedly had a nine-inch cyst on his back. Would that be visible or is that – Yeah, um, supposedly it was visible. Dude. I'm... Yeah, yeah. Brooke Lopez says he feels like he's in his 20s again, that he finally had back surgery that worked. And I think the back – is the bigger thing. I think the back is what's making the knees sore because the knee have to make up for his back. And I think Ben Simmons just need, might need to see like someone to fix his back. I, I don't think people realize how bad back injuries are because back injuries just affect the rest of the body. Yeah. I, I wouldn't play him. I'd, I'd figure this out immediately. I'd shut him down. Yeah. I don't think they're, they're – you're you're not losing anything. I mean, if you by shutting him down, if you want to keep him to so see if you get plays, if you can play, then you know I understand that. But it definitely is a frustrating situation for the team. But let's move over and talk about a man who had one hail of a game, so much of a game that I'd have to say it was one in hand. One impressive performance by a man named. Do you know what his name was? I, I'm very curious who this All man right. is. He set a record for the most points by a first or second year player in the Bayou. Man, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that was a great game. That was awesome. Good for him. Dude, the Pelicans PR doesn't have a check mark. <laughs> uh, y'all, y'all can't get verified. <laughs> Stupid Elon. Yeah, Elon yeah, verified no. Pelicans PR, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was a much needed win for him too. No bi. Yeah, but dude, Trey Murphy could not miss. Trey Murphy, man. Legit. Yeah, what do you have? Nine threes. Something like that. Nine. No, he's, he's been truth. he has been the truth. He's been incredibly fun to watch. And I think he's the type of guy that with more and more time, I think he's a starter in this league. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. His two way ability. Also, he's like a six nine shooting guard. The big boy. And he's got he's got some athleticism. Also, Herb Jones had a good game last night. Very critical for him. I know the Pelicans season has been a dif- disappointment, but Trey Murphy has been one of the bright spots for this team this season. Yeah, man, they really needed that win because you, you can't get to that point where you're like Portland right now where, I mean, Dame didn't play last night, which sucks for him against the Pelicans. But Portland's lost three straight games, and now you're – back down to the 13th seed. And, I mean, I get it. You're only two games out from 10, but there's a lot of competition here. So, it was a big win for the Pelicans. Even though they're the 12th seed, they're tied with Utah, OKC, and Los Angeles. It's crazy. They This team was like – they're like 23-12 and 12 with Zion, and half of those games were without Brandon Ingram. Like 20 of those were without Brandon Ingram. They're like 9-20 and 20, uh, without Zion and Brandon's missed like half of those games too. It's just a big health thing. So you need guys, Trey Murphy, you need Herb Jones, 
CJ keep doing his thing to give you a fighting shot because what is it? I saw Zion was reevaluated in a couple of weeks, but then a source close to the situation said he's going to be done for the year. Uh, really? Regular season, regular season, rather. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of contradicting reports that are coming out uh, at this time in the season, but B.I.'s got to get back, and if B.I.'s back, they'll at least have a fighting. I mean, they still have a fighting shot. I want to see him back in the play, but I don't want it to uh, – I mean, even without BI and Zion, it'd still be fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely gonna be fascinating to see. It's just a bit disappointing. Oh yeah. If I what do you know? Remember the source that said that Zion might be done for the season? That was I don't think it was a verified source. It's just somebody close to the situation. I believe. That oh, Twitter. Was. No, I saw this on. I think the Athletic. Oh damn. Okay, that's a. It's disappointing to hear because Ben, not Ben, but Zion is a guy that. It's crazy how people are saying Zion and Ben, two guys who've missed a lot of times in two years, completely different situations. Zion, what they said in the his four seasons in the league, he's only averaged twenty eight and a half games per season. Yeah. It's the worst thing in the world to hear i mean at least he's, he's played yeah it's just not like even at i'm sure pelican sucks for pelicans fan but like even just nba fans don't want to hear that nah you want to guess what trey murphy's shooting from the free throw line 99 91 99 dude that would probably be the best free throw shooting season of all time i think jose calderon has the best he shoot three points i mean free throw shooting of all time so did he go 100 uh, i think he minimum? i think he was one away from being 100 oh my goodness dude he had a season where i think he shot 150 free throws and made like 149 wow. yeah, it's intense. yeah he holds the nba record 98.1 in 2008 to 2009. That's nuts. Trey Murphy, though, most improved player of the year, 5.4 points to 13.3. Shoots 48% from the field, 40% from downtown, 91% from the free throw line. I'm very excited about uh, Trey Murphy's future in this league. Last night was just a taste. He's given plenty of tastes all year, though, especially right before the break. He was feeling himself with no B.I., yeah, no, I. It, it's definitely. Hopefully, they can turn around. Now, let's do something real quick. Power rankings. Zach Harper. Let's just go through them. Word. So the rankings are put into seven categories. You got eliminated teams that have already been eliminated from the postseason have been stocking Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, watch. They haven't been eliminated eliminated yet, but they only care about Wembanyama. Turning toward the tank, life is finding a way to correct. What's been confusing? Looking to make the play in. They've been rebuilding slash retooling and think they can crack the top 10 in their respective conferences. Playing tournament team are better. They should be in the mix unless something disastrous happens. On the brink of contention, a piece away from us believing that they can win a title. Contenders, they're contending for a championship, barring a massive injury. So let's go through these. Wait, let's play a quick game of where's Sacramento going to be, right? I'm going to guess 10. seven. Oh, okay, we're going to actually do numbers. Nine. That's so disrespectful. I wouldn't be surprised. It's Zach Harper. It's a 
motherfucker. All right, we got the Milwaukee Bucks with their best lineup being Holiday Allen, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Lebrook Lopez. 140 offensive rating, 121.7 defensive rating. That's absurd. <laughs> Those are absurd stats. This was 56 minutes together, though. <laughs> 10 games so far, this lineup. jeez. Oh, That's absurd. I, I, I think the Bucs... I think Bucks are. I agree with number one. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, I don't not, yeah. I don't even think it's close either. All right, so let's go on to the next one. Next one being Boston. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would have Boston at two, but these numbers: Smart, White, Brown, Tatum, Horford, thirteen plus net rating, one hundred twenty offensive rating, one hundred seven defensive rating. So they're actually a positive defensively. But it's crazy to think about that they're better without. Robert Williams on the floor. For the time being. I think uh I think Boston is definitely number two. I think Philly should be three and Denver should be four. If Denver, if you scroll down and Denver's three, I'm gonna be PO. Let's see. Oh, it's Philadelphia three. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Their best yeah. lineup has been Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid, Anthony Milton, and James Harden. With 112 defensive rating, 120 offensive rating, plus 7.6 on the net rating. They've played about 500 minutes together. Third best team. Okay. I, I mess with this. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The Denver Nuggets, 46 and 21. Maybe beat the Spurs, and I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. That's just me, though. I'm so not sold on Denver Championship. Sound like a broken record, though. Denver Nuggets. I just think the only thing holding this team from winning a championship is defense, which we saw last night. They literally would have to substitute Michael Porter Jr. off the floor and put in Ish Smith because Michael Porter Jr. wasn't playing defense in the closing minutes. Yeah. Five. Five. Let's go. Their best lineup has. The De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, DeMontis, a bonus lineup that's played almost 800 minutes together, plus 3.1 net rating, 118.9 offensive rating, and 115.8 defensive rating. Not bad, this right? This team in the fourth quarter is so legit. They are a legitimate NBA final contender because of the way they play in the fourth quarter. Well, Zach Harper has a lot of his brink of contention. His four contending teams are the Denver Nuggets, Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics and the That's Clint Cavaliers at six. Their best lineup has been a Kuro, Mitchell, Garland, Mobley, and Allen. Not yeah. the best defensive rating, which is confusing because they've been successful. Yeah. I like him at six, though. Yeah. Supposedly, if you swap out a Kuro. For Levert, defensive rating improves by 16. Oh, my goodness. But that lineup's only been together for 200 minutes. So, seven, the Phoenix Suns. Starting lineup, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Josh Okoge, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Aiden. They played only 49 minutes together. They had a 92.2 defensive rating, 129.4 offensive rating. That net rating is 37.2 plus. That is absurd. That is fucking crazy. Phoenix is very good. It's all matters if Kevin Durant can stay healthy. 
Yep. Yep. That's a big F. Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies best lineup, 128 minutes. 13 net rating, 114.7, 101.1 defensive rating. I like it. I'm for it. All right. We're going to get the 10, and then we're just going to breeze through the rest of them because I don't give a fuck. Jim yeah. Brunson, Quinn Grimes, RJ Barry, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. I'm surprised that the Josh Hart lineup didn't make it on here. Yeah, it's probably going to be a minutes thing. Yeah, it's probably a minutes thing, but yeah. I could see in the playoffs, though, that their playoff lineup be Jalen Brunson, Quinn Grimes, Josh Hart, Julius Randle, and Isaiah Hardenstein. Just because Robinson what? and Barrett are more inconsistent than Harnstein and Gee, Josh is, Hart. That is crazy. What do you mean? You'd are have you to if you'd have to substitute. I could see Hartenstein, but you'd have to substitute. I still think Mitch would start. I guess it would depend on the matchup. But. No, I was talking about closing lineups in the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, RJ's got to play, man. I. I would- Closing lineup, I'd rather have Josh Hart than R.J. Barrett close the game. I'd rather have – I'd just switch Quentin Grimes with R.J. Barrett. We got a, we got a real team here. Quentin, Quentin can be streaky. I don't know how you have a 20-point-per-game score or come off the bench. I just don't. No, it's in like the Quentin closing lineups. In the closing lines, Quentin Grimes is a better defender than Barrett. You can't bench R.J. Barrett. I know Thibs has done that. He did it last night. I know he's not. I know he's not afraid of it. I. I don't. And he almost lost. I don't. Okay, Ted. Miami Heat. Their best lineup has been Gabe Vincent, Tyler Kiro, Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Oh wow. Yeah, Lowry just got back, but Lowry sucks. Miami's not, Miami's not the same. Yeah. Second round at best right now is how it looks. Jimmy, though, in the playoffs. Jimmy. Playing tournament teams? My goodness. Uh, Let's run through these. 11, Dallas. Kyrie, Luka, Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock, and Maxi Kleba. 16 minutes, plus 29.6, 142, 113 offense, defense rating. That's fucking insane. So generous, that room at 11. 12, Clippers, Westbrook, George, Leonard, Morris, Zubats. Clip show, three straight. <laughs> Golden State at 13, Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Green, Looney. It's pretty Real good. Real quick words for Steve Kerr. This is why last night, uh, or your last win is why you start Kevon Looney, not Jordan Poole, the guy who can't guard a cone. So, yeah. Suppose Jordan Poole is not liked in Golden State. Oh, not shocking. Fourteen, Brooklyn. Wow. Dinwiddie, Bridges, Finney Smith, Johnson, and Claxton. 140 minutes, 109 offensive rating, defensive rating of 103. Pretty damn good. Los Angeles Lakers so far. Russell, Beasley, Vanderbilt, LeBron, and Davis. 26.3 net rating. 128 offensive rating, 102 defensive rating. That squad is legit. They're 15 on the power rankings, but 13th in the West. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta Hawks, 16. Young, Murray, Hunter, Collins, and Capella. 
118 offense rating, 108 defense rating. Both pluses. <coughs> you don't care. The Hawks are 17. Just, I, they're such a fascinating team. I don't. <coughs> the no Timberwolves. One. Conley, Edwards, McDaniels, Anderson, and Gobert. 109 offensive rating, 108 defensive rating. Average. That's yeah. the average. They need average. The Thunder. Lou Dort, Gilchis Alexander, Josh Giddy, J Dub, and Poku is their best lineup. Poku. Wait, no, this know. isn't the this isn't their best lineup. This has been their worst lineup. This lineup has been atrocious. And, oh. it may, <laughs> and it maybe it seems rude or petty to highlight this when the Thunder team actually has stayed being competitive and trying to make the playoffs. There are plenty of positives, but they've wasted so much time on playing Poku and their second most used lineup is embolic of this. They're awful when he's on the court and solid when he's off the court. That's a I massive sweep. Poku's just a highlight player. Yeah, is Poku given up? Well, he was injured. Yeah, but like have we given up on Poku in year three? I gave up on Poku in year two. Well, this year his numbers individually have improved. He's averaging one and a half blocks, a little under a steal a game, two assists, five rebounds, thirty-seven point six percent from three, forty-four percent from the field. How much is he scoring? Nine points. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> no he, respectful way. He's at two hundred and ten pounds. Good for him. He came in at like one eighty. That's good. I would Poku's probably more of a player to me. Where once he leaves OKC, he becomes after a couple of years, unless like OKC has him for seven years, six years. Ooh, the Raptors, man, they suck right now. Mm-hmm. This I yeah tank, I, I hate saying the tank. <laughs> you know how much I hate so yeah just tank. Yeah, I would tank. I've said it. They should yeah, tank. Did say it. it sucks. I said I. I did say I've been saying it. I was like Toronto should just tank at this for point. Months now, yeah. Everyone's like yeah, they could still turn it around. I was like guys, I would just be like let's just let's just pull the plug and just like keep yeah. the guys sit on play the young guys. We got New Orleans at twenty. It's just not pretty. Twenty one. Mm-hmm. My Washington Wizards. BS. Where's the Bulls? Where's the Pacers? There we are. There's the Bulls. 22. Look at that defensive rating. We've been such a good defensive team since the trade deadline. For real. I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm happy. Portland, Thibel, Cam Reddish, Lillard, Grant, and Eubanks has been their last lineup. Cam Reddish is a beetle pooper. I'm telling you, he is. I'm, I'm waiting to see it. Utah Jazz. <laughs> Taylor Horn touches. 24. This team's in the playoffs. Okay, Marty Morinway. Did you see Taylor have like 37, 8, and 10? He's the truth, dude. Taylor. Oh, wait, no, yeah, I did. I did. I gave up Taylor. I made a video on him. We'll make it, we'll talk about that in a second. But Pacers. I have the hiccups. Valley's got to get healthy. It's got to get healthy, man. These are critical games. He's missing tonight. So is TJ. 26, Orlando. The best, worst team in the league. Victor Wembany, I'm a watch. Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, keep getting those wins, baby. That's why I like Eliminated. 
Keep getting those wins, baby. Eliminated? The Spurs are eliminated? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, from – This is the – yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought they were saying the Spurs are eliminated from Vic. Like, and the worst teams are the Rockets and the Pistons. Man, the Rockets are getting so much slack for being so bad. When the Pistons are dog shit right now. They are horrible. They're terrible. I'd rather – I think the uh, the Pistons are farther ahead in their rebuild than the. Okay, but that's fine. I, Cade's out. Jaden Ivey's, you know, he'll have his nights, no doubt. James Wiseman. It's an intriguing team, so intriguing. But right now, they are so bad. Bogdanovich is probably done for the year. Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers. Watch his name in the last 13 games because he's here. I he's guarantee you, Bogdan gets shut down this week. Guarantee you. Oh, yeah. They kind of shut him down last week already. Yeah. Taylor Orton Tucker has became the starting point guard for the Utah Jazz due to injury. And Taylor Orton Tucker is showing people that, hey, motherfuckers, I've been needing the ball in my hand my whole career. Fact. And he's like, when the ball's in my hand, good things happen. Because yep. right now, uh, through nine games as a starter this season – Averaging 17 points, 48% from the field, 33% from three, five assists, five rebounds, a block a night, a steal a night. For the month of March, he's averaging through five games, 19.6 points. All right. Six assists, four and a half rebounds, shooting 35% from three on four attempts a night, 53.5% from the field on 14 and a half field for those attempts. It's been pretty. Bad night for Taylor right now as the starters like 10, 5, and 7 with a steal and a block. Now, he he likes to turn the ball over, and I wouldn't be surprised if a 10, 5, and 7 night also had six turnovers, but I, I the Lakers kind of had to give up on him, but I'm so glad he's in Utah. And I think Sexton will be back this week. I think we'll know today when he's coming back, but I will save your every second of Taylor Horton Tucker as a starter. I mean, I understand that. I mean, it makes sense. Future Rocket. Future Rocket. I want him. I'll take him. I think it's definitely, you know, interesting to see the situation because, I don't know, like this team, Taylor Horton Tucker, saw, he was a guy that looked like he was just overhyped. That makes Second sense. Pick. It's just because he was on the Lakers, man. It's and then they overpaid him. Was on his team. Uh, $10 million, 30 mil, three years. I don't know. I don't, I don't, maybe it's a little risque, but. What? I'm, I'm, I'm a Taylor Horton supporter. Taylor Horton supporter. He was he was Taylor Horton fucker a lot in Los Angeles. He was Taylor Horton fucker a lot, it's but like play, man with LeBron in the crib. Wow, it is. Look at Malik Beasley right now. It's hard, dude. Malik Beasley's been playing well. Those lights like, shine bright. Half of Malik's games, he's been fantastic. I don't know what you're saying. Fantastic? No way. No belief. Let's get a fact check here on that one. Malik Beasley. Fact check it. Fact check it. Fact check me, bro. Fact checked. Oh, now I get why you think he's having such a good year. Um, with the Lakers, 11.3 points per game. Does that work for you? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's above his career average. Uh, how about 37 from the field and 32.6 from downtown and 66.7 from the free throw line? Does that work for you? Yeah. Mm, doesn't work for me. So I guess we disagree. If you want, if you I want, I don't to. know how those are good statistics, but to each their own. Acting like he's an absolute bum. He's not. I same thing I said at the beginning of the show. He needs to be better. You can't shoot thirty-two point six from downtown, and you can't shoot thirty-seven percent from the field when we need you, man. No, LeBron, we need you. I, I get it. I get it. But what I'm saying is, is that this is a team that. Look, Jalen Horn Tucker, if we're going to go back to him, is a guy who has shown he can be, you know, the type of player who helps a team like like the Jazz. I think he just needs more minutes. And now, like Malik Beasley, for example, it's his role. He's, like, supposed to shoot, like, 33s a night, all right? So, yeah. uh, well. Oh, you're right. But he's a career 38% three-point shooter, and that's about six ticks below. I just don't know when 37 from the field and 32 and a half from downtown became a good statistical stat line for anything. I just I must have missed the memo. I didn't get the memo today. You're just being a dick for no reason. No, I'm Telling you, Malik Beasley needs to play better because it's a, a genuine. It's a genuine fact. We're talking about Taylor Horn Tucker, though. I know, but then you brought up Malik Beasley. Four of twelve last night doesn't work for me. One of six the night before doesn't work for me. Two of ten the night before doesn't work for me. Four of fifteen a couple of nights ago doesn't work for me. <sighs> Shooting. Oh, okay. You know what? Here, here, here are Malik Beasley's stats in the month of March. Nine point five points per game. All right. 31.7 from the field, 26.8 from downtown. Do those stats work for you? There is a right answer here. Yes. You failed. <laughs> you failed. You can go compile a team of 30 31% shooters and, <laughs> and, and give Steven Salas a run for his money for the worst coach in NBA history. I'm gonna have those guys, and they're gonna be so fucking good. You're gonna be like, "How are you gonna? How'd you do it?" I'm gonna be like, "I'm Nick Nurse, bitch." It's not like Malik Beasley's shots broken. I'm just saying, like, for the guy who's made the three most three pointers in the last two years, uh, I'm gonna need him to start going in. Uh dude, I did not know that was actually a stat. Yeah. So. He actually but, might even be second, but I think it's other. I love how this was supposed to be a a conversation about our boy. You can only talk so much about Taylor Norton Tucker. I mean, like, he had a good game. He's been really good as a starter. I think he'll continue to finish the season well. But Colin Sexton probably moves him to the bench. So hopefully he still goes, gets the minutes he needs. I understand that. Oh, man, I just, I just want like at this point in the NBA season, it, we're starting to get those playoff games that feel really good. All right, and it's been fun, you know. It's been really fun. It's, it's something to, to pay attention to. But definitely, I think as 
we we look at the current situation. I also finally updated all the thumbnails. So like whenever we had a thumbnail missing for you, whenever you had to host that, now they're all back to normal. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a. I was thinking a two-hour show would be money. I do not like not doing my show in my. It just feels different not being in my setup. No coffee. Are you at your mom's or your dad's? Oh, I'm so close. Sorry, <laughs> I'm probably talking right now. Probably oh, I'm at my dad's right now. You're yeah, we're yeah. No, sorry. Uh, I, I I literally spoke into the microphone and I had the mic audio up. Sorry, no. So that probably sounded so loud and so painful. But no, but I mean, the I think a there wasn't really any headlines today, so we it really wasn't. March Madness is uh, Luke's gonna Luke will be on tomorrow through Friday because we're on spring break. And my, I wanted to do this with Luke and spend the second hour kind of doing March Madness. Preview. Ooh, a little, uh, little college hoops. Yeah, a little college hoops because Luke loves college hoops and let Luke just kind of nerd out with uh, for college hoops. Maybe like some prospects for us to look at, watch games NBA fans should watch and stuff like that. So I think that will be better for tomorrow. Plus, second hour will go a lot quicker. I love uh, discussing – which team Kansas will lose to in the journey? Can't wait. <laughs> what do you th- are you thinking? It's their first round or their second round? I think we'll make it to the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight, but then lose first round upset. But it could be the second round. They could get out of the first round. Could. All right. I don't know if there's anything else to talk here. I think one forty-five. No is a good time to wrap it up right here for today. I'm going to say this real quick before Luke comes onto the show. Uh, Kansas probably wins it all. So, I've said we could repeat if we, if we face it, if we have an easy route like we did last year. And if we don't face any team with like dominant bigs, we just don't have big guys, but let's go play the game that we like to wrap up every episode with. And if you're a fan of the show, you know what this is. And that is. I'm going to do a pre-guess. It's Fred Van Vliet. I should do a pre-guess every. We should both do pre-guesses every episode. And one day we'll get it. Probably. Might be 10 years from now. We got to do our brackets too. Ooh. I got Duke, baby. Let me. All right. Hurdle. Is that Montrez Harrell? Is this Harry that long? Oh, I was thinking it could have been IJ. I know who it is. Same. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh.
I'm like trying to think. I, I really just, have anybody. I'm literally trying to find my ESPN bracket, and we just don't. I like genuinely don't know who this is at all. You, I don't you have don't an know? idea. I actually don't have an idea. Of all right, he's in the West. He's not in the Pacific. He's six foot eight. All right. Who's got hair on their head? Plays in the Northwest or in the Southwest. Six foot eight. Is this a blazer? No. Not a blazer. That was a good guess, though, on my part. Yeah, I can't remember what Watford's hair looks like. His number's between five and 22. He's in the Southwest, which means he plays for, like, the Pelicans, Rockets. Tari Eason has Grizzlies. short hair. Yeah. He's not a Rocket. No Grizzly has that hair, right? Yeah, no Grizzly has that hair. Jaw, technically, but he's not six foot eight. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Jose Alvarado got really long hair and grew many inches. Uh, he is on the Southwest. Spurs, Pelicans, Spurs, Pelicans, Mavs, Rockets, Grizzlies. So, oh, Mavs, Rockets. dude, that's a Mav. That's got to be a Mav. Who though? I know we were. Ooh, not a Mav. It's not a Mav. <laughs> it's got to be a Grizzly. Now it's got to be a Pelican. Ooh, I like it. A rocket, it's a grizzly, a rocket. There's no way that's a rocket player. I will be. Who's a six foot eight wing? KJ Martin. No, Pelican. that was a horrible guess, dude. The Pelican. That was all such a bad guess. It's a Pelican. <laughs> Why don't you be like Trey Murphy? I'm the last guess here. I'm just trying to think. It's not Herb Jones. It's not Josh Richardson. No. It's not Josh Richardson. Does Willie have that long? Willie Hernan Gomez is a white dude. I know, but <laughs> who is it? Doesn't he have flowy hair? Is it like Deron Sebron? No, it's not. They're like two-way player. Uh, does this do two-way players? I think it does. Well, I don't I, know who that is. I think it's the only option. If Oh, well, that's so shitty. What? How do we not remember the Grizzlies? We, we constantly said it. How did we forget about the Grizzlies until the last two guesses? Because this one's obvious. I'm so mad. We've never gotten one wrong. Who the fuck did you just guess? Deron Sebron, bro. 
I'm gonna look this guy up right now. I just searched him up for you after because like when we just when I got that wrong, I couldn't believe that I just got that wrong. Oh damn, that does look like. Doesn't he look like him? <laughs> I'm not wrong for thinking it was Deron Sebron. Like that yeah. wasn't a bad guess, right? Yeah. Like he had well, the hair. You really, you took some really bad guesses in that one. Josh Christopher. Like, dude, look at his picture in his hair right here. I know, but we. It, That's we the wrong that situation. I guess Josh Christopher, a six-four guard, who's I, older I than twenty-three. I was just trying to fucking get. Well, that was it's embarrassing. Hey, can we, we just agree? The NBA show. Nine, nine months. Nine months it took us to finally get one wrong. Nine fucking months. It's bullshit. Well, you got anything to say to the people before we go? This was Ciro's fault. Yeah. This loss was on Ciro. Yes. Concurred. I'm just excited to relax on my spring break. Oh, let me... Sh- so, maps before we go, up on some maps, and let me show you areas I'm looking. It's a good map. All right. So, school for me is like whoop, right about where the fuck is okay, right here. So this is where I'll be going to school right here. So the places I'm currently looking at living, the the closest to it, if my girlfriend goes, probably in this area, like right here, North Miami, Miami Shores is closest to Miami. I'm looking right now to live and like right here where you see my mouse. But I'm probably going to live closer maybe to like Myanmar or Penbrook, like close to Hollywood Beach or like up here because my girlfriend's going to school like right here. Let me do a quick. I do like I've heard things about Hollywood. This is where my. What? I think I'm going to live in Boca regardless. Let me make sure it's not a far. Boca's right here. It's only 40 minutes. It's like a 40 minute drive. And if that was the case, so like if I lived in Hollywood, because again, like my girlfriend's college is literally right here. Walmart? Nah, oh, no, I see. Uh, Nova, <laughs> Nova Southeastern. Um, well, she's got a Walmart near. Yeah, and so I mean, it's like right there. Here's Fort Lauderdale, so probably closer to Hollywood or like you know, Pembroke's, Myanmar, and then up here is Boca, which is like about like 30, 40 minutes only. And then if we did a office building, we could just do one either in Fort Lauderdale, Pompano Beach, you know, like in in between us. Yeah. So that way, you know, most of my life is in this direction and I only have to just travel down here for school for a year. Yeah. Down here. But if my girlfriend gets into University of Miami, that might change things. But uh, I don't know if she will. I mean, I want her to so badly. <laughs> it's just a hard school to get into. Yeah, I but, can't live in Miami. 
my plan is is we're just gonna live near miami while i'm in school and then she'll have two more years of law school when i finish my school so we probably just move you know what i mean up here probably closer to boca boca is probably like once i'm done school and she's done law school well, boca west palm beach is probably where we're ending up west palm's good yeah i got one of my boys lives in west palm a couple of my boys live up here in melbourne are you gonna come down and figure that out one day or are you just gonna what i already came down in january you asshole Oh, so you know the good areas. Yeah, and um, what's it called? I told you, my my dad's best friend, like a couple of my dad's best friends, one of them uh, is a realtor, and so is his wife. So she's gonna, she's helping me find a place. And plus, my aunt's best friend of forty three years, husband owns four to five apartment buildings in Miami. Holy cow! So I I, I, I do have some connections already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I basically need somewhere that isn't roach slash bug infested and I can have a dog. Yeah. That's really what I just, and I won't be robbed or carjacked. Thanks. The, those three. are the big three <laughs> carjacking, <laughs> uh, bug infestation and, uh, dogs are allowed. Plus like my dog has to change her identity. My dog for when I live in Miami is a boxer Labrador mix. She's not a pit bull. And if they them. And if they them. Oh my God, who's my little girl? She's laying right next to me. And she's just like, I'm tired, dad. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go, guys. Hit that like and subscribe button. Be a friend and tell a friend. You got anything else, Jackson? No. All righty, that's going to be it from us, guys. Have a great one till tomorrow. Back with another two-hour episode. Cheers. Cheers.